0: And welcome to this week's Scottish Educators Connect podcast with me, Anita,
1: and me, James. Last week we were joined by the wonderful Karen Gebby Smith, who shared her inspiring leadership journey with us. This week we continue in the same vein with another Scottish Educators Connect member, Hannah. Hi,
0: hi Hannah. Hi. hi, Anita. Hello, hi, James. James. <laughs> hey, Hannah. Thank you so much Hannah for joining us. I have loved recording this series of podcasts getting to know more about you and everybody who's been joining in Scottish Educators Connect. Um, I actually think it's been my favorite kind of theme so far Um, and I really appreciate you joining us. I know for the people joining us for the series of interviews it's a little bit daunting at first but everybody says at the end of it that it's been a great experience. For our listeners, Hannah, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and what are your interests? Okay, absolutely.
2: Um, I'm Hannah McGregor. I am currently a Primary 4-5 teacher in Fife. My uh, professional interests, I would say, are digital technology. Um, I am a absolutely obsessed with using digital technology in my classroom i am also um really inspired by learning for sustainability and uh that whole movement within scotland which is becoming more and more um visible i think and uh my uh my focus in uh, some of the my uh, university courses i've been doing has been more research-led practice so that's kind of my uh professional interests um personally i i like to sing um i love to dance love a bit zumba <laughs> and <laughs> yep, and i beat and also my my animals bring me a lot of joy a lot of time spent oh, with tell me about them oh well i i have a dog which is pretty pretty normal um but i've uh, <laughs> also got some a couple of pigs um, who are my absolute favourite? Oh wow! Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, two, two pigs um, that uh, I absolutely adore, um, and some chickens. And uh, oh. I'm also a, a, a beekeeper too. So that's that's my most recent project um, is beekeeping. Yeah. So yeah, N- never a dull moment. <laughs> Um, that's
0: amazing, and clear links there with um learning for sustainability as yeah. well.
2: Absolutely, try to have it across both professional and personal life. So,
0: yeah. We learned so much about you guys on these podcasts.
2: <laughs> I know, but you didn't know that, that I had pigs and bees. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's mean? why. Uh, yeah, I agree with Anita just around a bit. This series has been so great, and just. Taking the time and giving the space to members of Scottish Educators Connect and finding out a bit more around about the people that we see on the screen, um, because we don't know each other desperately well and it's really lovely to hear that blend in terms of both your personal and and your professional um, influences and um, I really look forward to this conversation Hannah where we where we start to delve into that in a little bit more depth in terms of your journey in the profession so far and when we start to think around about values later in this evening's conversation. So you've been with us now for a little while. And could you tell us a bit around about what drew you to Scottish Educators Connect initially? And what do you see for you are the benefits of Scottish Educators Connect as a professional learning community?
2: Sure. So so this year, um as part of my professional development, I am, I have embarked upon a change leadership course um with Fife Council and their core text for that course is michael fullan's leading in a culture of change and mm-hmm. obviously that was That's the book the... that we yeah it is a brilliant book um and when i was starting to kind of read that for the course um it kept appearing on my twitter feeds from scottish educators <laughs> connect and um that was just you know before you'd started reading the book and uh it i took it as a sign um that uh, this would be great um just a chance not just to read the book by myself but to engage in some professional you know dialogue about it Um, so that is what brought me uh, to Scottish Educated Connect and um, in terms of the benefits for me I think there's such a diverse range of voices in the group and I Mm -hmm. I tend to be some the kind of person who kind of just sits and and takes things in so I maybe don't vocalise my thoughts very often but I really enjoy hearing all the different perspectives from everybody. Um initially when I joined I I sort of felt there's so much experience in this group from a w- wide range of you know areas um, and I was kind of questioned what I could bring but uh I think the good thing is that every voice is valued in the group so I guess the fact that i'm I'm here doing a podcast with you guys just now it is testament to that that um every voice is valued and is given you know a chance to be heard and then just gaining lots of different perspectives which challenge my thinking from lots of different people.
0: Thank yeah. you, Hannah. I think um James and I started Scottish Educators Connect way back in May and it literally was just nine people who enjoyed play pedagogies, having a blether and learning a bit more and I think that the fact that even though this has gotten much bigger than we'd planned for and it's gone on longer than we had initially thought that it would, I think it was really important for James and I to make sure that all kinds of professionals stayed involved and all kinds of professionals were able to join in and be heard and and it didn't matter about kind of your your professional role, or or how much, or how far up the the education hierarchy you were, everybody's learning is important to them, isn't it? Yeah,
2: absolutely, and I think you've done a great job of that, making a wide range of people feel um, welcome and
0: valued. So, thank you. <laughs> In for the win, James! Yay! In for the win, yeah. <laughs> So that kind of leads me nicely onto our next question, Hannah. We are joined on the Scottish Educators Connect book meets by a very, very wide range an ever wider range of practitioners spanning right now education and health. Um, And everybody's had a very different journey to get to where they are. Can you share with us a little bit about your professional journey thus far?
2: Sure. Um, So I did an undergraduate Degree at St Andrews University, I studied theology and medieval history. interesting. Yeah, medieval I specialise specialised in Scottish medieval history as well, which was great. Ooh. Um, I really enjoyed um learning the truth of some of the history of Scotland. Um, and actually, <laughs> it, it helps. It helps when I'm you know teaching history now as well. So it's it's oh. uh, a plus. Um, so, yeah, what time started, period
1: did you focus on?
2: Um, at it was University. Robert the Bruce. Robert, Robert the Bruce's yes. era. Yeah. So that's what, no, <laughs> that, <that's laughs> Robert the Bruce. That wasn't Robert the Bruce. That was. Um. Oh no, that was. Oh, I'm get middled up, now. That was um, that era, so, right? So it be, everybody thinks that it's William Wallace who who did the freedom speech, but it is actually Robert the Bruce. Um. So there you What's go.
0: Really. <laughs> I was oh, sure that it was mean, Mel Gibson, it <laughs> <laughs> definitely,
2: definitely not Mel Gibson. Definitely not.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. So. So yeah, that was my undergrad, and uh, then then I spent five years working with a mobile classroom uh, called Bible World, um, and I toured all over Scotland with that. Um. It. It. it It was designed uh, by the Scottish Bible Society to help uh, teachers deliver the RME part of the curriculum, which I think sometimes is not um, people's most confident area of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, so basically for term time, for those five years, I would be around and about across Scotland. My geography of Scotland got really good (laughs) during those years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I would, uh, yeah, live somewhere for a week and have the local um kids on board um with their classes and then we'd move on somewhere different. So, and that kind of got me into thinking that classroom teaching is probably what where I wanted to go. Um I loved working with the kids and seeing them uh you know light up when they were um learning something. And so after that I went to do my PGDE at Murray House in Edinburgh. So um, and then from my probation year, uh I started my uh, my master's during my probationary year, actually, um, in leading learning and teaching. And I completed that in uh, 2018. So not that long ago um, yeah. with with a dissertation. I, I focused on motivation and like int- extrinsic rewards and the impact that they can have on um, yeah. learners' motivation. So that was really interesting. Yeah. I'd love um, to hear more about that. Well, I was just like, so I, we, I think it's something that we often use without even thinking like little rewards in the mm. classroom. And um, what my research showed was that actually, although sometimes it works uh, in the moment, um, long term, it, it doesn't necessarily help a child's motivation. What What really helps them is understanding the relevance of what they're learning and mm-hmm. why it's important and how they might use that, you know, in the future. So, which is, is great as well it kind of fits in with developing the young workforce and um, stuff uh, too so that's that's what yeah. I did um for my master's and um now I guess I mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. to teach in a school where the the leadership team mm-hmm. uh really value and 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 focus on empowering their their staff, you know, there's a real focus on um, improving or recognizing professional capital and improving and and delegated leadership. So they they encourage us to kind of take on leadership roles within within the school. And um, and I guess I'm just really at the start of my leadership journey. From there, I'm uh, start doing this change leadership course this year, so dipping my toe in the water um, of of more formal leadership in a way. Um, in school, I tend to lead on like digital technology stuff because that's part of my interest, and I'm um, a Microsoft expert and an Apple teacher, and that I kind of use. But um, in terms of more formal leadership, I am I'm not there yet, and I don't know whether um that is the route that I'm going to go in. Um, you know, but um I think it's learning about leadership um and and developing that as part of my professional development is is worthwhile. Um whether I end up in a leadership position or not and so yeah that's where I'm at
1: (laughs) I'm um, pleased you've talked a bit about the the future there Hannah because it has has been something from this series of podcasts that um that we've not necessarily talked about with with all of our with all of our members in terms of just thinking around about you know what what does that look like um, next for them and and being able to mm-hmm. think around about the um the, you know the knowledge the understanding and skills that people are developing in leadership, but also whether or not they want a change of role so yeah I look forward yes. to um seeing how that how that grows and develops and and particularly around about that sense of the of the change leadership program that you're undertaking at local authority level. I know um, for me, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast, that was a real catalyst for me in terms of in terms of what happens next. So it'll be interesting to follow you and see what happens. Mm. Um, what we've been doing in this series has been looking at our values and really digging deep into our values-based practice as a tool for improvement in relationships and work. And um, our listeners will know that throughout this series of podcasts, what we've been doing is we've been asking our guests to choose two values that would drive, or they're they're driving values for them, both uh, personally and professionally. And this is something that we have built into our professional learning sessions that uh, Brené has included within both her Dare to Lead book and in the workbook that accompanies the book. So, um, without further ado, Hannah, um, <laughs> what are the two values that drive you both personally and professionally? And why have you chosen those values?
2: Okay, this is the bit that everybody says is hard. I mean even Brenny Brown says this <laughs> bit's <best part>. um, <laughs> hard um, yeah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um well I, I had to give an awful lot of thought to this um because I wanted to choose more than two um but um I have done, and I think one of the main ones for me is kindness Um, I. I do always try to, you know, treat others the way that I would want to be treated and and, and to mm-hmm. build kindness into that. I think in in the book to Lead, Brenny, um she talks about one of her um values being faith, and and she says she tries to see the face of God in every person. And I think there's sort of similarities there. What I I try to choose to see the positives in people um or in actions and always look for the positive and 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 I think just being kind to the people around it like you can never have enough of that um although reading the book um I sort of uh had a revelation on that too because uh, you know sometimes we think or we might err and think kindness is maybe not always um, telling somebody something that they would need to hear but obviously Brenny um, talks about how being clear is kind and being unclear is unkind mm-hmm. and so that's kind of challenged my thinking in terms of that value as well that sometimes where I might have previously thought that I was being kind because I wasn't saying something to somebody actually sometimes the kindness is is telling them you know or supporting them in something that needs to be said so that's been different Um I think if you'd asked me this question a year ago I would have answered it differently. Um I think for my second value a year ago I might have chosen success or achievement or learning. Um and I still you know find those really important and and I just love when you you know when you see a child achieve something that they didn't think that they could do or you know and it's just that is one of the best things ever i think but over this year i i've really reflected on on what's more important and well-being is the second value that i'm i've cho- chosen um i think uh more so this year it's become clear how important well-being is because actually you can't really do the other things you can't do the learning you can't do the achievement you know without there being well, being there, um, and I think yeah. if any of my colleagues are listening to this, they're probably laughing their heads off because I was always and have always been somebody who works absolutely all the time and doesn't stop and just keeps working. Yeah, and um, some this year a podcast like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. Um, <laughs> but actually, this year, this year for some reason has been the point where I've got to and to think about that as not actually the best thing and valuing well-being mm-hmm. more um, and valuing my personal well-being I think I've always um have been driven by looking out for the well-being of others mm-hmm. it's such a huge part and I love that it's um so central in the Scottish curriculum you know um that it that and particularly when we came back to school this year, um, focusing on well-being first for everybody and, and making sure that the kids were feeling safe and feeling, you know, welcomed and feeling included and all those um, well-being indicators that we talk about so much. I just, I'm so grateful that that has, is such, so prominent in, in um, Scotland, but I think also this year has become a huge realisation point for me that actually I need to look after my wellbeing too. And so um, that value has become the one that I've chosen this year because without that, you can't really do any of the other things, I don't think. Hopefully that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that um, I think many of us have had to learn about self-care and well-being the hard way um yeah. and certainly i felt throughout the initial phase of of lockdown this year um a real a real responsibility i think bigger than myself and bigger that bigger than my remit to to support th- the families that i look after um in my early learning and childcare setting and it it is a really big responsibility when you're doing it away from your colleagues and away from physical contact with the children and I definitely felt, you know, towards the end of May and June period a lot of um a lot of kind of burnout in terms of work but a real kind of redirecting it into Scottish Educators Connect seemed really helpful at the time. Um it, like Scottish Educators Connect at that time seemed like a real escape but I think this year more than any I hear my colleagues and my friends actually taking on board and really valuing this feeling of taking care of yourself
2: yeah absolutely I I think it's so important and um, it's actually a good thing that's come out of this year that people are starting to take more uh, care of themselves is that Phrase about you know you can't uh, you're putting your own um oxygen mask on first if you are not looking after yourself there's you can't do anything to help other people so um I I'm still I've still got a long way to go with that because I <laughs> still do work too much you know and um yeah but I think it's been a positive thing for me and 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 for a lot of people this year like you said um just taking stock and and looking after ourselves better.
0: Yeah. See, I think before I, I like I'm the sort of person, certainly before lockdown happened, when I would work in the evenings and at weekends and if people questioned me about it or challenged it, I immediately would say, but I love my work. I love yeah, what I I'm do. absolutely the same. Yeah, yeah ha- I would be absolutely the same. Yeah. And actually kind of moving further on in the year with everything that's happened in terms of COVID-19 and in a very new way of schooling, you can love yeah. your work and be committed to what you do and still take time for yourself and your family. Um, yeah, no, I totally, I'm, I'm with you on that. Okay. Good. So you've been with us for two books now in Scottish Educators Connect. Um, yeah. and both of them have been leadership based. What has changed in your practice as a result of joining Scottish Educators Connect book groups? Okay,
2: well, do you know one one main thing is that well I've always loved reading um since I since I could read and I enjoy it for entertainment and for learning. But I I'd actually got out of the habit of doing it and yeah, I was reading occasionally and kind of dipping in, but I don't think I was actually dedicating quality time to engaging with texts that were gonna um support my professional development as much. And um, Scottish Educators Connect has made me do that. Um, making a commitment to the group, um, and and to the books, um, has kind of brought that back into my life. And I think the reading and the discussions that we have, they really stick with you. Well, personally, um, I am often, you know, mulling them over, you know, beyond the 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 book group session itself. There, they come back into my head or you know I've been talking about them with colleagues and encouraging colleagues to join in as well which is great um and in terms of my practice then I think the topics that we've looked at since I joined so that was the Michael Fullens book and Brené Brown's so both leadership both leadership topics I think they they're definitely you know supporting me in the change leadership work that I do and in thinking about how I lead others for a common goal you know that's it's kind of something new for me in my um, career and just getting this wealth of ideas and from the books but also from the group as well has you know has really set me up I hope to be um, successful with this. Um, communication is a huge thing and actually that's what I'm going to be focusing on um, as as part of my change leadership project um, and I'm at the very early stages of this but there's a desire to feel more connected right now I think that because we've missed that Mm -hmm. um and so um I'm going to be trying Mm -hmm. to focus on being more connected as as a school as a community and and that's really tricky at the moment but it's just so important um for well-being I guess which brings me back uh, to my values again um I think you know leading a change which is new is something that's new for for me but I think if you if it's something of personal value um you're more likely to succeed so I think the the being part of this group has given me strategies and ideas and and things that I've been mulling over and um, and and I'm taking that into this uh change leadership uh course that I'm doing and I'm hoping that that is going to make me a better leader as I, as I um, seek to make these changes um, to our school uh, and and how we communicate with each other.
1: That's great, Hannah, and I'm really pleased to hear in terms of how I suppose the professional development and the and the connection, the collaboration from Scottish Educators Connect is. Able to synthesise with what you're hoping to do through your your local authority leadership work, and then how that's underpinned by your values based system. So, um, hopefully you um will stay with us as part of the Scottish Educators Connect journey, and we'll get to hear <laughs> and see more of that um as it as it grows. Um, what we've been doing in terms of these sessions is we've been uh, taking a section every week as part of our as part of our book group discussions and then what we've been asking is our podcast guest to tell us a bit around about what was the discussion so you've got the discussion for um for week six Um, following on from what Karen talked about last week so Karen talked about that sense of of shame and um in week six what we've had is this sense of um empathy and um and empathy being that antidote for shame and what that looks like in practice so um if you could could you tell us a bit around about what we explored in the book group this week and some of the key themes that came out in terms of um in terms of Brene's work and our discussions on that
2: yeah sure okay I'm quite pleased to be talking about this because it's about connection again and and empathy um which is kind of what I'm looking at connection through my change leadership stuff too so I guess what we talked about was the importance of of having someone you can share with when you need to um but also it looks at how you can be that person too so it's not about just about you needing somebody to be a supportive ear but also you as a supportive ear for somebody else and um, the section that we were talking about which followed on from um, you know what Karen spoke about last week about shame was about how sometimes empathy is what we need but there can be times when uh, we don't get that right Um, and the the vocabulary Brenny uses for it is empathy misses so um, for example like there could be times where somebody shares or makes themselves vulnerable and shares something and they're met with a response that possibly just leaves them feeling worse than they did before um and we were thinking about uh what what those responses might be and and which ones me- we might be personally guilty of and which ones are the ones that really uh, affect us if we're being vulnerable with somebody else um so it's things like um sympathy showing sympathy instead of empathy so um you know thinking that you're sorry for somebody else and not actually just getting alongside them and hearing what they're um sharing um or when uh, sometimes this will happen like you you share something with somebody and and they act disappointed and that doesn't have the effect that you're maybe needing or 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 hoping for at that point um or sometimes um you know people just not being willing to listen to what you're they're not willing to 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 join in with um the discomfort that you're feeling i think um what stops me in in my track so if i personally was um sharing with somebody something that i was feeling you know shame around um the the gasp and awe that's what brenny calls it when somebody when you confide and 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 they're shocked and um and they almost experience your shame as well and then then you you feel like you've made them feel bad and you're trying to then fix that too um i think that's what personally um makes makes me feel worse or stops me in my track um if if somebody responds responds to me like that but then it was really challenging as well because we were discussing about okay we we can all think about times where we've shared with a colleague and it's not or somebody and it's not gone well and, and we've not felt supported but also that we you know we can do that too to other people and if I'm being honest, I think I probably what I do is the boots and shovel. That's what Brady calls it. Um, where you you try to focus on the positives, and um, and 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 say, well, it can't be that bad. You know, it, it's not that bad. And and you're brilliant. And I think you're amazing. And and I think I do that. I think that's probably what I step to because I want people to feel better instantly, and I try to fix it instantly, and actually. Sometimes what people need is for you to to literally listen to them and understand and um, where they're coming from and not try to fix it or try to um you know ignore what the actual issue is. So um the good thing is is that empathy is a skill that you can practice. That's kind of came out of our discussions. <laughs> um it's not something that you could either do or, or, or you can. Um and I think it's probably something that we all practice um regularly. Um it's just so important for connection and building relationships. And I know that I've spotted times um, even since we, we had that discussion where I feel like I've been more empathetic because I've had that, you know, thought in my head about just being trying to be what that person um, needs at that moment. Um, And and we also talked about self kindness as well in that. um, So one of the things that Brenny says is, um, you know, talking to yourself the way you talk to someone you love, and um, I think often we don't do that. I think, well, I don't, um, and I think that's a really good way to challenge that. Um so, when we are experiencing a time of vulnerability or shame ourselves, that we do, we take a step out, step back, and think, okay, if this was somebody I love, how, what would I say to them? right now and and then turning that back on yourself and, and trying to acknowledge that um and we also watched um a clip uh, during this uh, discussion um a ted talk that bernie brown did about um vulnerability and it, it would really recommend because it just reveals how sometimes you know what controls our actions is actually shame we're experiencing and um the empathy and understanding is the antidote to this like James said um and I think from looking at something so vulnerable like shame and what makes us feel that way to then have the hope and you know the the positives of well you know there's there's things that you can do and things that you can learn to be able to help yourself and to help others out of that in um, state of being and um, that is uh, you know the best thing. Hopefully that sums up um, kind of what we, what we talked about and discussed uh, in week six.
0: It definitely, definitely did. It was a really great summary, Hannah, actually. um, I think one of the things you touched on it there when you said, you know, empathy and kind of empathy feedback is something that can be learned. I think one of the most hopeful yeah. things about the work of Brene Brown is that leadership, and leadership skills in my experience have always been viewed as something that you have or you haven't got and one thing that I learned from Brene Brown's work and Michael Bullen's work actually is that leadership is 100% something that you learn and you learn to do it well and you develop continuously just like as a teacher you're never at the end of the learning when it comes to to leadership but I suppose that's a key characteristic of relational working isn't it when you're working with relationships you're never done working on them
2: yeah there's always new learning and that's good it's, it's encouraging isn't yeah. it that, um, there, there is Um, always that room for growth definitely
0: thank you Hannah I always just love hearing how our wee group is having a positive impact um, previously with the other books mostly in the classroom but I think for this book especially how Scottish Educators Connect is having an impact on people um, in, in yeah. their personal lives, in themselves as well as um, in their professional professional experiences
2: Absolutely yeah. Thanks it's Hannah great. Next well, week we'll follow up
1: no, not at all. Thank you. And uh, next week, we're going to follow in the same pattern as we speak to another Scottish Educators Connect member. Thank you to those of you who are tuning in at home or on the road, perhaps, <laughs> Um, whether that be walking, running, cycling. um, You can find out more at ScottishEducatorsConnect.com. Um, where you can follow the book blether on Dare to Lead um, or Scott Ed Connect on Twitter. Until next time, see you later
0: on, Anita. James, bye.